Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In this episode of The Bell Tale, Northern Ireland's new murderous crime gang, The Firm. The firm, what we're finding is the guns that they're using, that many of them are stolen during house robberies and they're using those in robberies or to threaten other people. Based in the Lurgan and Portadown areas, it's a cross-community crew. Yeah, it involves very senior people who would have been linked to that LVF faction of loyalism and also the sons and the grandsons of white senior Republican figures in that area. The firm includes former members of the Loyalist Volunteer Force, as well as people with Republican connections. The firm are heavily involved in drugs, and police alleged they're connected to two murders. The man's body was found in a parked car behind the petrol station on Main Street in this quiet county down village. Yesterday evening, a local man was murdered. He was discovered in Lord Largan Park at approximately 8.15 p.m. To tell us more about them, I'm joined by the Belfast Telegraph's crime correspondent, Alison Morris. Alison, we've been looking at the underworld and the drugs trade quite a bit on this podcast. We've been looking at West Belfast, the Shankill, Newry, Carrick, Fergus, but we haven't made it as far as Lurgan yet, where some sources claim it's about to kick off. What's going on in Lurgan? It's a, a wider, so I suppose let's spread the, ge- the geography out a wee bit. It's this the situation that they have with this grown element of, of just raw criminality exists Lurgan, Craigavon, Portadown, that extended area. And you're talking about quite large numbers of people who are involved in it. But there has been a marked increase in criminality in that area. Um, and that quite sort of what would seem like gangland um, criminality. And a lot of that, I suppose, escalated. And the reason why people like me were paying attention to it was due to the, the murder of Shane Whitla. Yesterday evening, a local man, Shane Whitla, was murdered. Shane was 39 years old. He was discovered in Lord Largan Park at approximately 8.15pm. Following a post-mortem examination today, it's confirmed that Mr Whitlet died from gunshot wounds. And uh, that killing happened in, I suppose, at, at the time, if you remember, it was a, a week after the, the murder of Natalie McNally. Um, he had also been murdered in Lurgan and it seemed like this very sort of previously quite quiet area was the centre of all reporting. Shane Whitlet's murder was linked to uh, a gang known that are known as the firm, 
Um, and clearly police had to be very clear to say that the two murders in the area, that of Natalie McNally and Shane Whitlow, were not in any way linked. Um, but Shane Whitlow's murder would be linked to the, 20, um, to the, the 2019 murder of Malcolm McKeown. The man's body was found in a parked car behind the petrol station on Main Street in this quiet County Down village. He had been shot and police have launched a murder investigation. The dead man has been named locally as Malcolm McKeown. Malcolm McKeown is, is a member of a very well-known loyalist family. Um, his brother Clifford McLeon, McKeown remains behind bars to this day. Um, his other brother Trevor McKeown was a, a well-known loyalist figure in that area. So those two killings were linked and that is why we have more talk about what is happening in this area in terms of this criminal gang who have been given the name The Firm which probably makes them sound much more impressive than they are but very unusual for Northern Ireland. We have you know hundreds of organised crime gangs um, that exist, some linked to paramilitary, some not. The strange thing about this gang is that it is a cross-community enterprise. Um, Almost makes it sound like progress. Yeah, to the to the yeah, to the point where many years ago they probably could have uh, used it to apply for cross community funding in terms of their engagement. But yeah, involves very senior people who would have been linked to that LVF faction of loyalism, and also what we see very unusually is as well among those the sort of senior members of what would be called the firm is you see people who have links or previous links to republicanism and when I say that I don't mean that they're in any way republicans I mean that they are the sons and the grandsons of people who would at one time been considered quite senior republican figures in that area including some who were the relatives of people who were murdered at the hands of loyalists during the conflict and yet you now see them associating openly with with people who had been linked to loyalism in the past people who had been linked to the LVF um, in these money-making enterprises that are going on. So that is the unusual thing, I suppose, about that area. And I suppose if you look at the geography of there, you can see how that can quite easily happen because you have sort of quite rural and urban urban communities living very close in very close proximity to each other, but also places that would be considered quite loyalist and then also quite Republican, but within a very short geographical space of each because other. Because Lurgan isn't, and put it, they're, they're not actually that big of... no of places and they, they're divided up into little estates and yeah. one end of the town is one thing and one end the, the other end of the town is the so other. Yeah, you can see how these people mix in. Do they, do they have access to guns? Well, we know from the murder of Malcolm McKeown and the murder of Shane Whitlow that they do, but I would say that they don't have access to guns in the same way that quite serious organised crime gangs. I mean, let's not try and pretend that the firm is the Kinnahans or is anything even remotely like that. They are organisations that have global networks and have access to drug and gun importation. Whereas the firm, what we're finding is with them is that the guns that they're using, that many of them are stolen during house robberies. So they will target people who may be farmers who have legally held shotguns or people who have personal protection weapons. They're robbing their houses and they're stealing their guns and that's how they're getting access to guns. Or they're using very convincing looking replica weapons and they're using those in robberies or to threaten other people. You know, guns, robberies, drugs and murder, it all does seem quite serious. But it's I suppose it's what you're trying to say, we're putting this in context of the wider... It's incredibly serious in terms of the kind of criminal and the effect that it has on the community that they're operating in. 
But if you come to the organisation, they're not a group that has a structure in the way that organised crime gangs would, where you have a hierarchy, you have a leadership. And then most organised crime gangs work on, if you imagine, like a pyramid. So you have a hierarchy and then you make your way down to the wee runners at the very bottom, the people who do your dirty work, the people who distribute your gun, your, your drugs at the very lowest level. Um the firm is less of a pyramid and more of a sort of bloated organisation, which is made up of a lot of people, many of whom are really young petty criminals. And I mean, people who would be involved in housebreaking and shoplifting and antisocial behaviour. And then it goes right up to people who are capable and have been involved in murder and in very quite serious drug crime and people who've made some a, a bit of cash from that as well. And therefore, those very young people look at that and they say... I could be that. I could have that nice car and that nice house, that house. I could have, you know, a lovely girlfriend. I could have all of those things. And they are easily recruited then into that, that criminal gang as a, resp- as a result. So it's more of a proto-organised crime gang <laughs> rather than a tight crew. Um, you said that they're not the Kinnahans, but do they have links to Dublin crime lords? You know, and when I would say that, what we would have said at one time is that almost every drug that, you know, especially when it comes to cocaine that exists on the island of Ireland has at one stage came through the Kinahan gang because they were the only people who had the ability to actually import drugs from places where drugs are made. So they had a complete global network and therefore it trickles down. But in terms of the organisational structure, so you would think that the drugs might originally um, originate from the Kenahans, but they could go through 50 or 100 different people before they ever end up being sold on the streets of Lurgan or Portadown. Um, and at that stage, they're using very, very... We've seen this in the South as well. If you think about um, that terrible Jurachita feud and... You know, most people remember the murder of um, Cain Mulready Woods, who was a 17-year-old boy who was a member of a, a criminal gang who was abducted and murdered and dismembered. And his body pieces then left as warnings in various places in Dublin. Cain Mulready Wood was one of those very young people who'd been sucked into crime at a very young age. And that was how I would sort of try and associate with what's going on in the farm. So you have very, very young people who are being used basically as drug runners. They just use basically use bicycles to distribute drugs um, for the people then who are selling them. Then you have the middleman who then those young people are distributing the drugs on behalf of and he gets his drugs from somebody else and then he pays them a cut and it goes right up until you get to the people who would be quite serious operators in the, in the criminal world and names that I would have known from, from many, many years ago. I mean, there's names that, you know, when we were writing about the, the murder of Martin O'Hagan many years ago would have come up time and time again and you have them associated in some ways with the firm. And quite recently there was a list that appeared online that included 52 men and 11 women. Now, I don't know of any tight criminal crew that has, you know, uh, that many people who would be named on a list claiming that they are were members of the firm responsible for killing kids with drugs. And that shows you the sort of bloated nature of this. I suppose almost everyone who has been, you know, lifted by the police for anything in, in that area claims now to be a member of the firm. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're talking about a cast of thousands here, so almost at one point. You know, a lot of people talk to me about these lists 
and obviously we cannot stand over. This isn't journalism and it's not, um, we would see these kind of lists distributed around WhatsApp. I mean, I've seen lists that I, I think some of them are nonsense, to be honest, yeah. from my own point of view, because I've seen list names on them and I know that there's no, and it seems like this sort of uh, citizen conspiracy. Theory. So we're, I'd just like to stress, we're, we're certainly not encouraging people not to and, and create what, or distribute these lists. And what you find is that when people do do that, that the list will con- it'll contain someone, who, a few people who are really really well-known criminals who are always, you know, appearing in court, who are always appearing in the papers. And then you'll see that they'll throw in names of people who they just dislike, you know, or someone who, you know, they, you know, want to try and cast aspersions on. And because we live in a very small, let's face it, we live in very small parochial communities, there can be all sorts of reasons why people find their, their names on on these sort of lists. But that, I mean, the, the, the firm list and the police had said at the time they were actually new about this and they were investigating. And everyone who be on those lists has to be told then by police that potentially are under threat. Um, you could have seen... That names I could have went down that with a highlighter pen and marked criminals who I have known and been reporting on for many many years, and you could see the cross cross community I suppose nature of them, and there was very high profile loyalists, and then the sons of very very high profile Republicans at one time, and you know that part of it too I find interesting because that cross generational I suppose almost nature of that. Um, that you see both in loyalist and Republican communities because, you know, young people who have been raised maybe in houses where their fathers spent long periods in prison and so they didn't have a father figure or their fathers were murdered um, because they were involved in conflict and they didn't have a father figure and also then a distrust of policing and all sorts of other things that comes along with that and you can see how people who were brought up like that can be very easily sucked into that kind of world and so it's interesting when you, you know the, the the people who are involved in the firm and you see the names you'll go well that name sounds familiar and it sounds familiar because it's someone from the past but it's just a much younger relative of, of theirs. There are reports, there are reports that you know, we would stand over suggesting substantial female involvement. Is that is that a strange thing or is that just something we don't normally pick up on? I think it was because it's much rarer. So we know that the majority of people who are involved in these gangs are usually very young men. But no, I, I mean, we do have, and especially it's interesting because there's an LVF involvement in the, the firm as well, or people who were once involved in the LVF. And there is... Um, there was always a significant, you know, number of women who were involved um, with the LVF. We've seen that in, in in cases in the past. You know, people who have been jailed, females have been jailed for involvement with the LVF. Um, but you know, you can only understand in in the world that we're in now. Just like those young men might be luring with the, um, you know, the chance to achieve some sort of lavish lifestyle. Well, that would apply to young women as well. They might look at it as well and think, well, if I, you know hold drugs for this person, if I sell drugs for this person, well, then I can pay for X, Y and Z, which I just wouldn't be able to afford otherwise. And so, you know, they think it's easy money. It's not easy money because there's a massive price that comes to pay with it. A lot of it involves losing your liberty. Um, And I would argue for young women, especially if they've got children, losing your liberty is a very different thing for a young man using his liberty, you know, being taken away and your children potentially ending up in car. It's a, it's a whole different set of, of risks that you're taking. But yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's I suppose, what do we say, you know, um, maybe this is part of the sort of equality nature of things that, that women are saying I've got involved in that too. Quite and recently all, there was a whole big police and police crackdown on that because clearly they know that this is a growing problem and there's absolute outrage in the community of the people who are being victimised by these people and you know they put it on display all these weapons that had been seized 
Um, some of them look, you know, on, on first sight, you're looking at them, you're thinking, you know, they're quite scary looking weapons. There were, you know, there was Glocks, there was, you know, all sorts of other handguns, but they were mostly airsoft rifles. But I suppose if you're standing, you know, in a garage, a 24 hour garage working at night and someone comes and sticks that in your face, you're not going to know whether that is a replica weapon or not. And these weapons are clearly being used to threaten each other. But also what I find more terrifying than the guns and airsoft gun. Um, you know, it might look scary, but it's not going to kill kill anyone. But the amount of knives and swords and machetes and really, you know, dozens and dozens of of really massive like hunting knives and and things that could clearly, you know, take a life in, in seconds. And the fact that so many of these young men are running around with these type of weapons is terrifying as well. You I mean that's that's really it does when you go into that sort of scurry gangland completely out of control type situation. Now, the latest reports suggest that the continuity IRA uh, in Lurgan have vowed to eradicate this gang. Is this just opportunism? We don't hear much of the continuity IRA it's now. because the continuity IRA don't basically exist anymore. Um, no, there's there's more chance of me going down eradicating that gang than the continuity IRA. Like the, the continuity IRA in Lurgan and Armagh, that probably would have been one of their power bases at one stage. They would have had quite significant numbers there. Um, any of the younger members disappeared into other... Um, distant Republican groups, groups such as the, the Real IRA and then the New IRA. And what you, if you want to know what the continuity IRA looks like in, in Lurgan, you just need to look at their Easter parade where you will see, you know, at the very most a dozen, maybe two dozen quite, you know, elderly people. It's an old boys club, basically at this stage where they hold commemorations on the anniversaries of, of things. But they... Um, no, I mean, they wouldn't be considered... I mean, the like of the young men who are involved in the farm who are running around, you know, with knives and machetes, they would not be afraid of, you know, some old boy who claimed to be from the continuity IRA. That's not going to... It's not going to put the fear of God in them any anytime soon. Now, the Shane Whitler case, of course, that's an ongoing court case, Alison. Um, Shane Whitler was shot dead in January of this year. He was a 39-year-old father of four and he was, first of all, shot in an alleyway off Woodfield Street um, in Lurgan and then he made his way injured to nearby park. Prosecutors in the case, because there's been three people charged, one is 25-year-old Kevin Conway, who police have said he was involved in helping phone Mr Whitland, get him to come to the scene. Clearly all these people are denying this. Um, they're saying he was executed, she went and was executed over a, a drug debt to what they said was a notorious um, crime gang known as The Firm. There has also been two other people, so Joshua Cotter, who's 29, and Jacob Brown, who's 27, police claim are the two unidentified men who can be seen on CCTV following Mr Whitler into that alleyway. He was shot in the leg and in the back and through his throat and then his killers fled. Um, the weapon that was used to carry out the attack has never never been found. So that case is ongoing. We must be mindful that that is a criminal case that, that's ongoing at this time. Alison Marsh, crime correspondent with Belfast Telegraph. Thank you very much. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.